Okay, welcome to the Butthole Podcast. We changed the name. <laughs> oh, come on. No, we didn't change the <laughs> name. Change the name again? It's song to story. No, it's, it's not Butthole. Okay. And what was the song they were just it. listening to? What was the song we were just listening to? That was Don't Come Around Here No More Around My The butthole. singer was real good. The <laughs> singer Tom was Petty. real good on that one. It was yeah. real good. That's a Tom Petty cover from Songs We Love. It's out now. That track last that track list ever long. Don't this one, don't come around here no more. Superstition. Uh, and then if you didn't catch that last one, it's Wish You Were Here, Dancing in the Dark, or Mash Up. That Mash one up, is, so that's the one getting the most plays since Everlong mm-hmm. that the thing has dropped. Oh, so Chris yeah, Keene sang that yeah. sucker. Yes, he that's did. Right. He did a great mm-hmm. job. Yeah. So and then My Future by Billie good. Eilish is out too. So yeah. So that really whole good. thing is an EP, and I'm glad everybody likes it. We'll do, we got a bunch of more stuff coming. Um, Emory Land has had that for a long time. So if you had joined Emory Land in the past, you would have already had this mm-hmm. in that exclusive uh-huh. way. And if you are in Emory Land, we're going to get some more stuff to you, probably some demos and some new, very exciting Ooh. stuff that will be coming your way very soon. But if you're just out Exclusively there in for public Emory land, land then you won't be getting it for maybe a long time. But stay tuned if you're yep. in Emory Land for some quite exciting things so but that's how it works it just costs a few dollars a month and you support us and that's how we fund we use emory land appreciate it subscription money to fund and release and mix and do all the stuff to make this this Mm -hmm. music emory land is basically our label in that sense it's our funding mechanism to do the creations that we make that then we get a fraction of a penny on sometimes and that's how it works so um it's working out really good so thank you everybody who's making that happen This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We also have that collab with Sheet Happens, the one we did for In Shallow Seas. We sailed to have the tabs made. We have one coming for Rub Some Dirt on it. So that's Ooh. a really exciting one. Yeah. So April that 13th. one is April 13th. You're able to grab a guitar and bass transcription. And again, even buying that is really cool. We even got a check already for the In Shallow Seas thing. So yep. these are positive, Hell, yeah. creative endeavors that, we, that, that just work out really good. So if you're a tab head or a guitar player or you think that's a good gift um, and you want to connect, we'll rub some dirt on it. Get that yep. April thirteenth, and we'll be doing more albums too. Just so you know. Mm-hmm. Yep, and as always, this podcast is sponsored by Marriage Supply. It's our adult sex toy shop. Um, you might think it's a little interesting that a divorced man would own a married <laughs> marriage sex toy shop, but I don't think it's weird because we ain't going to save your marriage. That's not what we're about. What we're doing is trying to open communication. And uh, I wish in my life I'd open some more communication, but marriage supply opens the door to intimacy, uh, to conversations about your, your preferences, your wants, your needs, your sexuality. Um, a toy isn't going to give you the best sex in the world, but you can have the best sex in the world with a toy. I'll tell you that. So use code songs for 10% off uh, right now. Go to marriage And, uh, also, what, what goes along with that is uh, my podcast I do with Dr. Stormy. Uh, it's called Sex 101. Uh, you can listen right now to that. We've got several episodes. We're recording new ones constantly. Um, and Dr. Stormy actually has a really cool, awesome, I've used it, CBD-infused lube um, that is pretty amazing. And if you use code MARRIAGESUPPLY20, you get 20% off there. You can just go to Love Deeper Lab. 
lubefactory.com and you can order the links in the bio, by the way. It's awesome lube. Dr. Stormy's awesome. If you haven't listened to our podcast, she is just the talent. I'm just there as a, a little bit of a buffoon, uh, you know, just an assistant if at best. Uh, but it's a really good podcast and really fun. Also, like we said earlier, if you join Emory Land, you get part due. All the Emory specials, all exclusive music. There's so much more coming. We're working on Personal stuff. We're working on all kinds of stuff that Emeryland always gets first and more and more and more. Um, free pre-show tickets for Emory shows this year. We already talked about that. So just come on, join EmoryMusic.com join it. right now. Mm-hmm. And at all the right, end of the I podcast, to- at the end of the podcast, you get your name read too. So stick around right. to the end of the podcast because uh, there's some interesting uh, choices for how they want their name read this week. Right on. Esteban's going to join us in a minute. Esteban is a guy from a band called Slow Joy, who I found on the internet, made a connection, seemed like a very like-minded person, a younger person, a good at social media person, and had been talking to him and then decided to bring him out to hang out on our weekend here in Seattle when we did in Shallow Seas We Sail. Um, so he came out and hang out with our crew and integrated with us a little bit and just felt like he would be a good person to introduce you to um, and have a conversation with just about the change in times of social media and how all that kind of stuff works because one of the most common questions we always get out there is what would you tell an up-and-coming band today to which we always say i have no idea i mean it's so different than when we started that the things that work for us wouldn't work but he is having success um in a new way that's that just sticks out so i thought it would be great to just have a combo so he's going to join us here in a second and we'll get rolling let's do it southwest emo What's up, Freaks? Good, man. How are you? Not bad. Glad the day's over. Esteban, you got a podcasting set up pretty good. Are you recording yourself, too? Can you record a track and send it to us? I can record myself. Give me one second. Excellent. Oh, I need uh, permission. To what? No, I just mean... Oh, do you mean... uh, Do you want me to record, like, in another thing? Yeah, you could just turn on QuickTime or something like that. Yeah, I got you. send a file for your of a local recording. It's cool. I got you, homie. I still hadn't lost... Well, we lost the beginning of that Furnace Fest episode, but I still haven't lost a whole episode. I've had to start over a few minutes before, but oh. I'm always paranoid that the Zoom isn't going to convert properly at the end, and then you won't have Me it. Me too. Or it won't start. I'm it always does, waiting until it starts. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm always paranoid about that. <laughs> When I first started doing like uh, slow joy stuff, I tried out a podcast for a little bit and my computer, I was like running everything to OBS in my computer and it was running so slow or it ran so weird that the computer battery and charger couldn't keep up with how like it was recording. So I would lose stuff all the time, like mid podcast. And then I quit uh, podcasting. <laughs> I just quit. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. 
that's the norm for podcasters is the quitting part. So yeah. um, I think this, I mean, I, the stats are, are pretty staggering. Like at, at one point there was like 500,000 podcasts, which everybody thought was a big number at the time. And something like 90% of them hadn't posted an episode in a year or something like that. And now I think there's millions of podcasts, but still the average amount of episodes that get made by any one podcast is like extremely small number. <laughs> It's oh, like yeah, the, yeah. it's the easiest thing you can start and the hardest thing to keep going on, basically. Oh yeah, yeah. The, 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 the slow joy show is definitely short lived. I was like, I'm, <laughs> I'm done with this one. <laughs> yeah, it gets to where you feel like you have to do it. I don't know what it is. You know, the psychology. Uh, we're lucky that we got enough encouragement. It just kind of, we're lucky we got the initial you know, following and momentum on it. And then it just became, I don't find it hard at all now. Um, you know, I don't find it a chore, but we've done, I mean, we had to be in the, like what percentile of podcasts have recorded over a thousand episodes, you know? Yeah, I know. Like, it's kind of crazy. So I don't, I mean, we've done thousands wow. of thousands of hours. That's insane. Well, yeah. If you don't get that, yeah. if you don't get, if you don't get that viewership, pretty early on it's hard to keep going you're mm -hmm. like no is anybody even listening to me and also it's harder to podcast than people think oh it's so hard real, everybody's real stiff and you're nervous and it's just you know you, mm -hmm. you're worried you're gonna say something wrong and you feel stupid or look stupid or whatever and you know fortunately we didn't care about that yeah that's i yeah. think that was probably our biggest uh skill was that we were fine looking dumb and that Dude, like I, endeared us to the audience yeah I have a I have a whole theory about that, but like that's that's just true in general. Like there's this what I call cringe mountain that you have to like go over when you're starting a new thing digitally. So you have to be okay with looking dumb at first. And then you get over that into the other stuff. And that's kind of like a superpower is being okay with looking dumb at first. Yeah, you know, I'm curious true. more of your of your theory on that, but I've always found that to be true. And that's one of those reasons why I felt like the the pandemic was such a great equalizer for people like it it was so many people that had to go to their house and feel dumb and look dumb celebrities and people that are used right. to having crew and makeup i just love that and you could go do these dumb streams and it's like oh it, everybody that's going to do anything is going to look dumb so you got to do as much as you can while it's okay to be dumb like anytime yeah. you have the opportunity where you can do something and look stupid without really looking stupid you have to jump right in because pretty soon people are going to get good at the new thing and then you're going to really feel stupid. So you have to do it when everybody looks dumb. It's yeah, the only it's a time. Skill. It's a yeah. skill. You got to learn it. Everything is a skill. And yeah, there's some kind of ego involved too, which I yeah. wish I didn't have, but I do have some ego of like, I'm worth listening to. I think yeah. people will want to listen to this. That's pretty <laughs> you know, like common I, to have that I do that believe part of it, though. That. Yeah. <laughs> Lots yeah, of probably, people probably have that. So, but. <laughs> but you, you but, have to have the ego because some people are actually interesting and fascinating and good, but they don't have an, even enough maybe like belief in themselves to do that. But there's no shortage of people that believe in themselves that aren't have no chance of ever being good actually have the skill and the belief in yourself and be willing to look stupid you would probably need all three really well it has to be like and luck with talent and stuff like that you know that's a little bit more obvious even though there's a lot of people who are really trying for a goal and they have a purpose in mind and then at some point along the way they realize that they're not as good as they thought they were you know, like talent wise. And, but with podcasting, I think it feels like it, everybody, if, if let's say you're going to try to start a podcast with a buddy or a couple friends, you always think the stuff you talk about 
is more interesting than the stuff other people probably talk about, or, you know, you think you have some insight or something different or funny to say, but that's not really true. Everybody (laughs) pretty much has the same things to say. Now you have different thoughts and limits and boundaries of where you'll let yourself go and think and all that. But ultimately everybody's saying or thinking similar things in a way with just slightly different variations of those, you know what I mean? And allowing themselves to go a little farther or not quite as far, you know, so it's not that much different. You know? Yeah, honestly, yeah. I the the other thing I didn't expect was just how tired you are after it, especially if you're driving the ship. Like after an hour or two, yeah. you're just exhausted. I had oh, to yeah. keep that boat going the whole time. But I can I can assure you, no one was listening back then. That was a uh, <laughs> it was the dark ages. Are you gonna podcast again though at some point? Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm gonna start it up again. I told myself like once I got to a hundred thousand like total social media things, but I past that faster than I was ready to. So now I don't know what to do. Uh, so I'm going to take a little bit longer to, I don't know. I don't, I still work a day job. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to get it to where I can like sustainably do it. And I think the new format will make a lot more sense once I do do that. But uh, yeah, I have all so the stuff. What do you, what is your follow? How many followers do you have? And and on what platform and what's the one you count the most for what you so, do? So I do total uh, in my head, but I have like 48. So 49, it'll be like 50,000 pretty soon on TikTok. And then 66,000 I woke up to this morning on uh, on Instagram. And then nice. I don't I don't check any of the other ones because I'm so lazy. <laughs> yeah. And so there's probably some overlap there, but the, a lot of times, but those are pretty separate kind of platforms, I guess. And people use them pretty differently. I, I'm, you know, like it's, it, it seems like the Instagram is way more for your people that really understand you more. And TikTok is for, I don't know who it's I, like, are, are people using, does anybody's TikTok as a celebrity even work or is it just unknown people on TikTok? So like I, or like, I don't really understand how it works because you don't see that much of people you try to see. You see people you're not sure. trying to see. Yeah, no. So I would say TikTok is more, uh, it's, it's all different philosophies too. It's interesting. Um, I would say that TikTok probably leans skews more towards like uh, people finding you out for the first time. So it's more more like you've got to pretend like these people never heard for you and from you in your entire yeah, life. And Instagram is more. Yeah. There's more buy-in on the Instagram side, um, but it also skews older. So, um, which means with older comes more curmudgingly angry people. So I get a lot more hate comments on Instagram than I do TikTok. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's weird. Yeah, it's a weird world uh, on both ends. I, I think short form video just in general, like all these platforms are kind of like fighting each other to get the attention. So they're like just pushing them as quickly as possible. Uh, and then so it's kind of like a crapshoot with like who you hit, but you definitely hit like different markets based on different things. So it's like even YouTube shorts I've heard is like a untapped thing that I haven't even tried out yet, but it's like a you could just like repurpose. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot about there. YouTube shorts. You can make some It's money. funny too, because the weirdest thing to me is, Twitter was on to something with Vine mm-hmm. and they just let it go. Yeah. They ended no, they, it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and they it were was, ahead with that. But I mean, they were yeah. ahead of it. it. It was, it was TikTok basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So, what are, one of the things that I realized is that um, it's the algorithm. So, the thing that made TikTok work or these other things work is the algorithm. Like, Vine didn't really have the algorithm. Vine worked like yeah. other social medias. Right. So, this, I mean, it shifted social media on its head because you got to think about the fact that like social media used to be um, 
yeah of course right now she's gonna want to play on on the toy she uh <laughs> that's fine we can't hear can't hear it so of course uh it, before social media was like facebook myspace like you you curate your friends that you want to see and things along those lines so every, you follow the people you want to see so you have your own feed and it's kind of hard to break into getting more people to your thing um aside from like the answer to that was like okay we'll buy an ad then you'll be shown to people who don't follow you what like Instagram did is, or what TikTok did was kind of make it into this like gnarly, um, almost like playing roulette or something along those lines mm -hmm. where, where it's like you, you're finding like gold, uh, and, and yeah. you get excited about it. Cause you don't know. So you're like, you, you feel like you hit the jackpot when it like gets, gets you right. And, uh, oh, that's, it's yeah. more of a discovery. Yeah. Which yeah. is interesting. So, so that turns it on its head because instead of you talking to, you know, you get the people who like use and you always see it on these apps where like people like talk to them as if they're talking to their fans when like nobody knows who you are versus the people who talk to you like you don't know what they don't know who you are and then those are the ones who do well and those are the ones who like work in platform but it's all i mean it's all communication right like we all just kind of have to figure out how to communicate per new thing Per, per the medium but the, so it created this thing where you get the it incentivized the very thing that works which is the iterative attempts like it, it yeah. incentivized you to like a slot machine where it, it's like a turbo like you try like it's like if you had an open mic and you're like is this a good chord is this a good note yeah. is this a good lyric and it's like exactly. yes no yes no and you're finding out super fast it makes you want to try more things faster and therefore you learn like it creates learning in the create that's what has been so wild is to see people learn what works and doesn't work so you feel like people are really learning the creators are learning but at yeah. the same time they feel like they're enslaved to the yeah. damn thing and it really freaks me out mm -hmm. like and it's really confusing to me because you can get this audience capture thing that's just insane like oh you get popular for some random thing you did and that's all you can do for the rest of your life and it's about the algorithm telling you to do that not that you wanted to do it so and it totally is against my deepest like intuitions to talk to people like they don't know me that's the only mm -hmm. thing i like about podcasting is like i said i've if you're listening to me right now you know everything probably about me you've sure. listened to me for a thousand hours like the average person listening to this podcast has listened to me for hundreds of hours so i don't exactly. have to explain shit <laughs> they just know what I so but if I'm on if I'm mm -hmm. trying to be a on vertical video at all I had to act like I never have talked to this person before and to me that's terrible like it just feels it's like the last thing that is attractive to me so but yeah but sometimes hand, it, sometimes it backfires though because I'm talking I'm talking or I'm acting a certain way and somebody goes you, you're fake you, you don't really yeah. care about that <laughs> like no, I mean, yeah, 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 right, I'm like right, yeah. I'm like that's so cool they're like you don't think that's cool I heard you four episodes ago talk shit exactly about stuff like that and well go, that's what I like oh, about the oh, yeah. that's, that's the authenticity of this long yeah, form media right. it's like I can't get away with anything on my own show because everybody yeah. is like oh you were you didn't care about yeah. that guy in that interview at all because i know you don't care about that and you're just pre pretending what was the deal with that interview or whatever you can go that way i would argue too though like the 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 homies on the homies on the apps keep me pretty honest um about a lot of stuff so they'll they'll they'll, they'll remember some something i said on some video and then like recall it to me mm -hmm. like a little bit later um, so I don't know. It's all about what, cause everybody's afraid you, you touched on an interesting thing. Everything, everyone's afraid of the algorithm, right? Like this, it's just like unforeseeable force, but the truth is it's just people mm -hmm. who follow like the way it works. It literally, when you first start, it shows it to a group of people 
take it to the sample size, right? And then if those people interact with it, then it sends it to more people and sends to more people. As you gain more followers, you, it has it then sends it to your followers who, if they interact with it, then it'll start to extend outside of your followers and so on and so forth, or people like your followers. So the truth is like, if, if you like, a lot of people get afraid because they're stuck in some sort of like, okay, I, I did tutorials or I did covers and now I'm stuck here. Right. We'll just start a different account. Uh, because like, it's going to keep sending it to people who want covers from you and you're right. always going to fail there. So yeah, like, you said to start more accounts. Yeah. You're yeah. Right. You're just talking about people though. Like you're talking to people and the people signed up for this TV channel. Like if I, if I turn it to uh, jackass and all of a sudden they're doing Degrassi on that, like, I don't, I want to watch Steve-O like get kicked in the nuts. Right. I don't want to watch some teeny bopper. Sorry. Right. So yeah, it feels like, it feels like, sorry to interrupt you, but it feels yeah. like pod podcasting is more like, you're watching a TV series. You're you're, you're connecting dots. Mm -hmm. Like you're 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 following this whole story of whoever it is and however they interact with their guests or whatever their personalities are. And then like my youngest kids, you know, they they don't really care about that at all. All they care about is what's happening in the moment on this YouTube video. Like mm -hmm. now they might know the personalities and they understand that this guy's goofier than this guy or whatever, but ultimately they want to see the stunts they're doing on each episode. Like what are these tricks? What are these things? And yeah. so it's just, it feels more disconnected. Like they don't really care about the personality. They care about the, the pony sure. show in sure. a way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which is a different medium of like, uh, it's right. just, a, it's just a different medium. I would say that TikTok and like Instagram reels are more like YouTube videos on crack than they are podcasting. Yeah. Whereas oh, podcasting yeah. is more of like sure. a nurture. Uh, I, I was, I think I was talking to you Matt, about this, but I, I, I think I do really well about capture, but I don't do really well with nurture when it comes to like how I interact with people. So my, the extent of my nurturing is the fact that I reply to comments on these social media things, but you guys do really well at like nurture, like you have, you know, I've been listening for years. So like, I, I know you guys, I knew you guys before I met you guys. Uh, and so you're really good at nurturing people who are already in it. Um, and that's like where podcasting is really good as you can, you, you go from, you go from being like a, a, a passive listener to someone who's going to like fly across the country to just come hang out with you guys for a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, that's, I mean, that's one of the benefits of this podcast. One of the main ones I don't take lightly. It's a real benefit is I meet people all the time or get interface with somebody and they at least already know me. So we're halfway yeah. down the road. So when I first talked to you on the phone, I was like, well, Oh, you already know me. Excellent. Now we just, yeah. we're just off and rolling. Now I just got to get to know you a little bit, but you already know, you already know me. So that's half, that's half of it. And maybe Which that's not fair, but it, I, I don't, I mean, it's still, it's still a benefit. Cause we, I feel like I know you already way more because you already knew me. So now you know how to interface with me. So sure. excellent. That just, that's just kind of a win. Sure. And I mean, it's, it's case by case and niche by niche too, right? Like for us, we're musicians. So, uh, we we're kind of, here's our brand. Here's our thing. You want to be yeah. involved in us versus like, if you're a science podcast, like I don't think Andrew Huberman needs to do TikTok or anything along those lines. People are just going to look up what's, you know, what is right. going on with dopamine or whatever. And then yeah, that's, that's well, how the, he gains his thing. The interface of it all with music is what's fascinating. So I think that's probably what's in, most interesting with you is like, you're in short form natively and you're in music with a similar style of music as us and having success. And it's totally, you know, it's like, it's like totally inside out from the journey that we've had to get here. But then, mm -hmm. so it's like, how is that the difference in that are fascinating. That's why it's interesting to get to know you. But like the, the question is, 
how is it going to play out? How can a musician not get stuck in the covers trap or the this trap? Like, yeah. Can you take, you know, what is it like for these musicians now that blow up on Spotify and vertical video? Will they be able to cultivate long-term fan base? I guess that's the big question, you know? Yeah. Like, cause they, at some point, if you get enough followers, you can sell tickets, even if you don't have, even if you're not good or, you know, if you just get popular enough on the internet for any reason, you can book a room and even sell tickets. But what will happen and how does it work? How do, it just blows my mind because I've been to a couple of concerts where the person, it was like a big playlist artist and then they go to the concert and a bunch of people show up for the concert, but they've never been in the same room. They might not like the same bands. It's not a scene. It's just the fans of this band and this artist. And it feels like they're brand new. But if you go to one of our shows, the, well, the fans have been coming to see us for years and years and years. So they just, it's a, it's just totally different kind of sure. thing. Sure. And you know what would be even good too, is if we even told people who the hell you are. <laughs> and yeah, yeah, we'll put a little intro on it. So well, people yeah, we just spent the weekend together. So <laughs> we've just, just been cutting up, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Tell the folks. Who let's you do are it your through your. Stuff. Let's go. Just do your whole story and get us back to that. Was a good intro for all this. But let's yeah, see, catch us up from the other end because I mean, I, sure. still a ton. You just said you work a day job, so you know. Yeah, we're, we're learning a lot. That's fresh. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I was really, I felt like I was just back in Seattle with you guys, so yeah, that was no. fun. <laughs> um no i i guess starting from should i intro myself i'm just you know yeah, how just, did you what, get he, how was he, third grade <laughs> yeah it was good it was cool what i, I took to away steve what um well, the it, thing that know, i think you, is interesting is that matt found you through your social media not radio <laughs> not you know what i mean like the way he found your music first was your content yeah. More than the music. And, and we find that fascinating because the number one question our band gets asked all the time is, how does my band make it? And I go, I feel like I'm a dinosaur from another generation sure. where, we, where we were making flyers and press packets and we would send like mm -hmm. gift cards to labels just so when they opened it up, they would remember us. I mean, we were the old school way. There was, no, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? And now you're doing something that we don't even have a clue really about. And we're trying to figure it out too. And I think that's what every musician's trying to do right now. What do I have to do? And also on top of my music. So it'd be good just to hear where you started from because you didn't For start sure. you didn't start on a major record label with tons of money and a big support system at all, right? No, not at all. No. I uh I so I guess I'll go back a little like quite a bit. Sure. I, I grew up doing music in the DIY scene forever and it never worked. Um it was many years. I'm thirty now, so uh, I was in so many different bands, bands, projects, bands, solo, and like all of these things that were, you know, a lot of ego based uh, stuff and uh, really didn't know who I was, was really just like on a personal level, really, really like just so enamored with like, I don't know, I felt like my 20s were all about myself. And then like later 20s was when it flipped the switch. And then that's when like I the proverbial universe, I think it finally let me have it, uh, yeah. which is really cool. But yeah, I uh, I grew up in this like really small town, um, Carlsbad, New Mexico. It was like you know, really really cool, really great musicians came out of there. But it was like nothing going on. It was a complete island in the desert. Um, we I I actually drove to Midland, Texas to see y'all at Rock the Desert. Uh, and that <laughs> was like <laughs> yeah, that was my concert. Dude, <laughs> actually, how I old were like, you then? Like twelve, and uh, my dad <laughs> walked with me to the front. 
and some guy i remember this vividly because it scared the shit out of me some guy was like and this is like a christian festival but like a christian festival that's like too serious so they were they had really good security they weren't gonna let anything cool happen so uh this guy like right before y'all started playing was like if you're not okay with being in the mosh pit you shouldn't be standing here and i just like looked at my dad like terrified because i was like these people are gonna kill me uh obviously nothing happened and we just got to enjoy the show but i remember that was my first time where i was like like i didn't know how to handle everything Uh, but that was my that was like the highlight of my year like every year we would go watch that and then there was warp tour in las cruces that we would go to so it's like we had to travel years uh, hours to go to the shows like that's that's just it and then it was local shows but i was uh i i was kind of i've always been just kind of nuts about stuff so like whenever i get into something i really get into it so i got into music and i just i we started like my grandpa had this church that he uh he for for what for a reason they weren't like hosting services but they still had the buildings that we like turned it into a venue and we just like had local shows there and it was so sick um but like that was just ingrained into my dna as like something that i was a part of um and then i went off i decided i had this really weird like religious uh background and uh i just to long story short everything i loved i i thought was bad so i kind of was like yeah. trying to give it up and like be a pastor and like do that yeah. thing uh yeah it was it was kind of rough uh for a while um, how, how do you our, get that exact what, yeah but how do you exactly get that so you were feeling guilty about stuff you liked or were you told explicitly or did you just associate the fact that you like something and it gave you pleasure with it was bad. <laughs> yeah that's weird no dude i remember one night uh, at like a, a youth service i like turned to a friend of mine and i like literally i had like all of my gear and i tried to give it to him because i was like god's telling me like i can't do music anymore and i was like <laughs> wow and he wouldn't take it obviously because he's a sane human being <laughs> it's like no you can't do that but yeah it was just this feeling that like anytime i don't know i was like i said i'm I'm kind of a, and i ha- have to recognize that anytime i get into something i get really into it so i like always say if i think i did god too much so i uh i just i did too much at that time too so like that was what was like driving me was like any yeah it was it was just a really addictive personality um so when i i moved to dallas to do um to do like be a pastor and give this stuff up and then then like slowly seeped into like being able to like it's like starting to write again uh for a little bit and then like i did like the indie pop music thing for a little bit and that was fun but like i never got any traction um for years and years and years and life was always about me and like it was this weird like situation um and that was and then like COVID happened and then like so the music kind of slowed down for a little bit uh and i was still kind of like in the idea of like wanting to do it but then um around that time my mom died um and it was like just really rough on my family and um she left behind like two of my sisters and like we we weren't even sure i had just gotten married and we were like weren't even sure if like okay we're gonna have to raise a couple teenagers now and like okay i need to get a real job and uh so which is the job i have now i work in marketing um but it was like one of those things where i was like okay music's done like it's not gonna happen for me like i have responsibilities now it's not about me anymore so i uh i like just got in directly into um into marketing and it was honestly kind of sick i i I jokingly say now like i kind of have like a secret superpower in that i know what failure looks like and it's like actually really dope like i have like after 5 p.m i don't have to worry about anything and then weekends are really awesome so like it's one of those really it was really cool for me but it was also like i felt unfulfilled and in therapy my um therapist was just talking to me about 
you know, using, using the art as something to like process through the grief. And, um, so I, so I, I let myself do it. And I was like, for the first time in my life, didn't have to think about, um, didn't have to think about what a listener would want to listen to. Cause like I hadn't done heavy music in a while. And I was like, you know what? I, I want to do this. Like, this is something that's a part of me. So I didn't have to think about anybody. So I just did it. And I started writing these things. And then, and then that kind of went into the fact that I was like, well, these marketers are, are paying a bunch of money for me to learn how to market. Why don't I just like do this as a hobby? So I started testing like short form video, playing my guitar. Okay. What happens if I play my guitar in this room? What happens if I change how I do this? What happens if I do this? And and that kind of started catching like a little bit of steam, which was really cool. Cause you get that feedback loop. And then, and then it's like a little bit like a drug and you get excited. And the first time you get a thousand views, you're excited. First time you get 10,000 views, you're excited. Um, but all the while I was like, this isn't like a, like, this isn't a career path for me. This is just a, this is just a thing I'm doing. Like I have responsibilities. I got to pay for my sister's like, you know, school clothes. I got to like take care of my family. Uh, and, and then, so then I had this, um, like videographer come out for my, I was releasing this song called crawling, which was like a song that was like just directly about my mom. And it was really important to me. So I had this videographer come out and we recorded a bunch of videos like right here uh, and with these like nice cameras and I cut them together and nothing happened. And I remember because it was like the week of and I was like building up to it and then nothing happened for the week. And I was like, okay, cool. Like whatever happens, happens. Uh, And then my dad was in town and I didn't even like think about it. I didn't have any more videos to post because at that time I was posting like two videos a day or something like that. Uh, And so I just had some like, iphone video that i put the song on top of and then that one like ran up pretty quickly and did you know a couple hundred thousand views which was really awesome and then that's when like the but, i mean that's crazy but, it but, was did, nuts. but no but just stay there for a second yeah everybody everybody listening including me how did it just what do you what's the formula what what made it just like you hadn't had success and all of a sudden just that video worked what yeah um so okay was it the music was it the look first of all the the fancy cameras don't do shit because yeah the fancy camera well the fancy cameras didn't do anything Mm. yeah Yeah, so that that was the first thing i realized it's like okay if it if it looks too nice it's not going to work here because we want it to look like it's on this app and after after the fact i kind of like retroactively started to use my like marketing brain to try to figure out how do i recreate this and some things i realized was um, in, in like comments, people would like say things. And I think I had started by just, I knew that people were like infatuated with the idea of like naming genres for things. So I would just ask people what genre is this and play a guitar and like that would get comments and things. And then someone re- said like a really interesting thing, which was uh Southwest emo. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. So then I, uh, I just typed it in there. Uh, on on top of it and it was just i think i found it was like a a perfect mix of like finding the right sound the right part of the song the right like little hook on top and then at the right at the right time and then it just kind of went from there and then i was like that's where i got scared of what you guys were talking about was like just being the same dude who like can only do that one thing but never got it again so i was like how can i recreate this so then i started studying how to recreate it um and looking forward it from there like the labels started coming and the things and like that and and then it kind of started to actually turn into a possibility of like it being a career but um with all this stuff that i was telling you like i i'm i'm close but i'm not gonna quit my job like i have responsibilities <laughs> like i gotta do it different yeah. and i'm like older and like i have to be different um so that's kind of why i'm in this like weird state where i'm really really focused on you know almost getting it down to a science because like i can't really afford to like 
wow. you know, just play around. Like I, I have people that rely on me. So like, if I'm going to do it, I have to do it the best way I can possibly do it. Well, I'm um, super fascinated cool, yeah. in what the, what is, what is the type of just, you know, like you, I know that it's like this out there now that the people who are looking for talent that are industry people, they just yeah. find what has a lot of views and then they're out there in the DMs yeah. say, oh, we take power score. Yeah, whatever that, whatever, however they do that now is different. But it's obviously, if something's working online and getting a lot of views, that's when the managers and agents and the labels and the industry people start coming to you. But that yeah. all happened at what was the threshold where, you know, if somebody else is out there, once you get what amount of views do those people start calling? And what do they yeah. say? Like, how does that it, go? I think it's incremental increases. I don't think it's exact views. Um, I think they have this thing, someone, some like agent told me they have this thing called the power score, which is like, they use all of the, all of the numbers together to, to come up with this like score that they give everybody. And they're like, Hey, this person's on the rise. Like they had this amount of plays mm -hmm. that went over to, to Spotify and so-and-so. Cause they're combing um, all that. Like you can't get a bunch, you can't get hundreds of thousands of Spotify monthly yeah. listeners without people contacting you basically. Yeah. It's nuts. And it, you would you, you like i i sat down on a ton because this is this is all just experimentation like i'm experimenting with with like people like yeah. okay how do i i want to experiment with the team i want to experiment with not having a team and things along those lines so I, when i was meeting with people i i had that in mind i was like not really in in a mood to like you, you could tell when someone was just there because of the views versus like actually cared about the music um, and then you could tell when someone just didn't get what you were doing. And it's, it's always because like that score <laughs> and they come over, but it was that one. I think the first one did like 300,000, but then like every other video that I would post that same sound did that like close to that amount. So it'd be like 300,000, 250,000. So like that video probably got a couple million or that clip probably got a couple million views. And then people started using their own videos for it. So it was like a couple hundred uh, people using it and then they go over to uh, Spotify and then that like jumps my Spotify up from like I think it was like 700 monthly listeners to like 30,000 and like within the span of a month and then did it then I just kept practicing it and then I did it again with soft slam but like on a smaller scale which taught me like it's not necessarily like you can't do it for every song sometimes it's just not going to work which is I have a song coming out this Friday and I this one is just not <laughs> it's not connecting which is fine but you, you, I, it's kind of this I've I've like fallen into this um formula if you will where I just like test, okay, just try this section, try this section, try this section. Okay, this is the one that's getting the most heat. Let's like re redo this sound, but like with a different idea. And then like, just keep trying to turn the knobs until you have the one and then it'll like go pretty quickly, which is what happened with my like last release. Um, and then you can like keep, keep kind of reposting it because like I said, you're, you're reposting it because you're not posting it for the same people who already follow you. You're posting it because every time you post it, more people get it. So it's, it's one of those things where it just kind of like throws some heat on it. So that's kind of been my strategy. Yeah. Um, and it, and it's, it's something that like it's worked, so I'm, I'm going to keep doing it, but yeah, that's, it's, it's been interesting. Cause I can't, I, to answer your question about like whether or not this could turn into a career, like I have no idea <laughs> I'm, I'm trying and it's working. I mean, it's working. Like I sold out my first show uh nice. in dallas ever and it was that was awesome and then i like did That's a bigger cool. room and then we got really close to selling out and it was awesome and i'm like meeting more of my people which is like really cool but i don't know i'm just i'm just like experimenting if you will and like trying to figure all of this out while like also with the mind that i can't just like dump jump you know feet down into it or and
your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. What are the, what are the people that are meeting with you, the industry people? Do they want to lock you up with some deal or they want to make promises? Or they say, I mean, what is, what, is that, what is that scene like? Yeah, I know. These deals are much better than, than I would imagine they were in, in the past. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, there a lot of them. A lot of them are just um, wanting to, like a lot of them are licensing deals. Um, a lot of them are like you know terms of like five years, ten years of licensing, fifty fifty splits, like things along those lines, where it's like super artist forward because they know they're losing power. Um, they're like kind of functioning as banks. So you you kind of get to just pick the team you want to work with. Um, so I don't know. I I always saw myself as like uh, it's like something that's a part of me, but I I like. I, I don't want to like just kind of go down like the same like I don't want to just go down whatever avenue is supposed to be here I always try to go like left of center so like I always like to you know with you I really, really loved watching you guys like podcast so it was like that's that's a really cool way to keep doing it instead of like trying to be like rock stars every time and functionally like losing uh steam every time and then like I love the fact that you can just keep building things like that so I, every time i talked to someone it was about something along those lines i actually uh told i just got on like management i told him that i was like gonna do this podcast and he was like stoked because he's a weekly listener so oh, that was nice. a cool nice. cool moment That's yeah cool when you're talking to the industry folks that this is a, a are they seeing you as they're not just seeing you as an emo band though right like are they yeah. i mean like what like what are they seeing you as like <laughs> what, what what is you know what i mean like what what from their side of the money they see you just, <laughs> yeah, yeah of course yeah no that i mean that's what it is they see they see me as a like it's a lot of them did a lot of them saw this like oh this kid knows how to market himself like it's a yeah. it's a guaranteed like we, we don't have to pay very much for for this to like have because you know. you're already doing so much but are they, yeah. but are they thinking of you as like making a radio hit or your music goes like that or, or just that you you can market yourself so well that they can make money off of that through some that's just the direct sales. value is yeah. the influence right yeah. yeah 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 it's it's honestly i always tell i, I tell people like if you want to you, you want to do it because i i've started to get those questions and i was like just go to people first and then the rest of it will fall into place because once you have the people then you can kind of i went into these meetings way different than i would have like years ago because of the fact yeah. that i already have the people you got so leverage. whenever yeah, it was a weird, it was a weird feeling because I was like, oh, I don't need to like, I, I have like five other you's calling me right now. It's so like, do it, do it, which I know sounds, sounds weird. Uh, but it was one of those things where I like realized like the power is not in like a lot of times you're like, you want the, you want the Spotify placement. If we can just get the Spotify placement, then that'll, then everything will happen. Or if we can get to this and the truth is like, that's not the case. Like uh, even my, my numbers, like way more than anything else was uh, people just like listening from my profile or because I'm a marketer, I like look at these analytics and it's, it's more about connecting with these people. And as I connect with these people, then the other things kind of follow after the fact. So like I, get the like Spotify placements after the fact, but it's because of the fact that the people are already connected. The people are already here because I've like right. kind of started to grow this. And I think uh, as far as longevity is concerned from my personal like 
perspective i think it's just like nurturing that and like creating a you know where people can get deeper than just like oh i like your song um but i i uh yeah i when i when i talked to like a lot of these people at first it was kind of like you could tell that it was it was just you know you see these scores and they're just buying them up like stocks right like penny stocks yeah. you can get them yeah, for cheaper speculating yeah exactly. yeah exactly um but as an so, influencer musician secondary is the way that some of the industry is thinking at least exactly. so like they wouldn't care if you pivoted to a cooking show or something no <laughs> yeah no, that, <laughs> and that's so true i i jokingly say a lot of the times i've kind of gotten to the point where like on my socials where it's like and it's just so embarrassing but it's like i'm, I'm kind of just like a like a guitar influencer who like happens to write music that i think is good uh and i think that's the niche that is weird is because i work in marketing because like i understand what these people are talking about when they're like saying these big words to me it's it's this weird world where like i i feel like i can connect with my people and i feel like i have like leverage there but i also feel like i can like talk their language so like that it, it i don't know i i got a lot of the time they were like dude we don't understand how like i i come with budgets to my like label with like music video and stuff and like i i tell them like all these perspective things because like this is what i do for a living so i was like okay let me just do this so i don't know that it's just weird it's a weird it's i'm in a really weird situation where like i'm not fully like influence you know the influencer guy who like can't write great music right. but i'm also not like fully just the like cord out rock guy who can just like you know be sold out to like just being a rock and roller who can't you know do tiktok or anything like that so i'm kind of like fighting that line where like i i have i really believe in artistic integrity and that's something that really matters to me but i also want people to listen so i'm kind of like who, on, on both ends who are the people that you're grabbing attention from like as fans like who are the are those mostly emo fans is that like you think it's primarily music or do you think it's more the younger generation of like youtube or tiktok kind of followers yeah. like what's that vibe yeah no i mean it ranges um it, it depends on the app too but a lot right. of people so it's a lot of it's like emo fans a lot of it's like shoegaze uh fans or just like general rock fans um which is really sick um and then it ranges in age so like I, I'll, I'll have people who are in their 50s who are like oh you remind me of and it's funny because i always i've i've like started to notice depending on what era you grew up on or grew up in and that's who you compare me to so it, when you're when you're like the 50s it's always like you guys remind me of deftones and my bloody valentine or like something along those lines yeah. and then and then later it'd be like you guys remind me of like thursday and taking back sunday or and then yeah, yeah. like later it's like oh this is new i'm like no it's not it's it you know <laughs> this is just something that's happening so it just depends um it depends on like the app but like it feels like it's a range of people um which is really interesting um yeah no i and then you, the the crowd who comes to the show is like one of the things because i'm starting to meet my people for the first time which is really cool um and it's just like super diverse it's, yeah it's so cool that's cool yeah yeah i have a suspicion that there's something going on that's very cool it's, it's rare because there's not really a shortage of people that are can use music to get views yeah but that's different than having good music that yeah actually works on spotify audio only that people can make personal to themselves that are good songs that's a good live show that's a real band exactly that's, to have that is the rare is the rarer thing it's not I mean, there's enough people that do whatever they do musically that works in the platforms or whatever. Yeah. But to have the whole stack that you do is fascinating. And it, it, Thank what you. I'm suspect, yeah, no, you know, is great all the way around all the 
the total set of stack of skills you have is what's impressive. Um, but but what I think it causes is I think that it's not that it's just the emo fans that like like all we ever try to do is get the people that like our kind of music already to be a fan mm-hmm. of us. And also Seosin. Like, yeah. we just need the people that are already come to shows and go to the Seosin shows sure. to come to our shows, too. Like, that's sure. that's all because because we're not able to make the genre any bigger. But I suspect when you're throwing those numbers around, like, million, <laughs> like, those people who even know what emo is yet, and then they're going to find you first, and then they might discover that they like emo and then start going to shows and they've never been to shows before. So it's yeah. probably causing more people to out the genre itself. You're yeah, not just no, I, searching for people who already like emo. You're probably getting new people into a very cool genre. And I think that's what is interesting about Matt Cutshaw. Um, like we're talking to Hawthorne Heights on the cruise and they're like, well, we can't make any videos that have any chance of a million people seeing. There's nothing we can, we are a big famous emo band and there's zero chance we can make any videos that ever, we can never talk to a million people, but Matt Cutshaw can talk to 2 million people anytime he wants. So he is a great benefit to us by featuring us. And from his point of view, he's using the bands as material for what he does well, but that's a very great, like, I'm just excited that all that kind of stuff can happen because neither of those things are really industry based. They're just creator based where there's creators who are doing different things that are going to bring more attention to the genre where then they can come find bands like us from the outreach, because there's no way we can reach all those kind of people that, that you can. I I disagree. Yeah, no, I slightly, I, I, I disagree because I think it's just a different language and I think like anybody can learn the language. I think, uh, I think, yeah, it's just, it's, it's one of those things where I think people are hungry for new music and, and rock's having a phase, right? Like rock's having a moment right now, heavy music and emo music is coming back. And I I think if we go like zoom out, it's because we just had like a shitty couple of years. And that's usually when you want something heavier and something like rougher around the edges and like more, you know, more, more emotional. And I think that's why emo is having a moment as, as well as like, it's the nostalgia thing. But as far as like newer listeners, we, we all like love this rock thing again, this rock, like aesthetic and like this thing that we're like, really, really, I would say the people who don't, who weren't ingrained in it, like love it uh, now because of the fact that like, it, it doesn't, it, we have something, we have something that like, we have these years of like terrible experiences to like make us open to this like aggression. Um, so I think I think like bands can I think any band can can do what you know what any like influencer can do. It's just learning how to speak that language or learning how to like. But in, that's in that's what's it. unlikely to happen. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I, mean, I, I mean, you don't really think we're gonna have a video that gets two million views? That's just. I do. Yeah. I I I think you could. <laughs> I I know I know, I know I'm like but I I really do think you could because of the fact that like. You guys and I, I think one of the things was like legend with with acts who have like have a catalog of music that people already love, is that you kind of have a uh, a little bit of like a springboard too because you can use the song that everybody already loves to like springboard springboard that video of someone who oh I forgot about that song you know if like walls you know we do like a live video of it and then it someone remembers it and then that springboards that video even more and then that kind of does yeah but I, I already just, have like. Just, 
industry or market tested stuff. But I, I suspect that it's slightly different than that. Like Devin showed that video the other day of some, it's just like some goofball guy does some weird reaction face and then shows a clip of the walls video and he gets yeah. 200,000. Yeah. But that's for him, not for us. Like we're yeah, not after, do you know what I mean? Like it's, sure. it's the reactor. It's like something else that might use walls or something, but doesn't seem available to us directly is what sure. I'm saying. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, it, yeah. I yeah, but we that. got Esteban. We got Esteban shooting video for us, you know, heading us up in that direction. I, I think so, we I mean, can I improve a chance. lot. I mean, I think there's a chance that we could do really well or create new content and new music that speaks to new people. I do believe that is possible, but I'm just saying that that was my argument. It's possible, but it's yeah. more. It's like. You know, if you frame the walls video and say, oh, five crazy videos from back in the day and you put that a clip in there, that could easily that could create more value than some sure. person. If we put the walls video in our channel, sure. it'll just do OK. Depending on the account, too, though, because like the accounts like build up after a long time of figuring out what works. Going back to what I was saying there, I said like he he knew that that was going to work for his audience. And, right. and that's what so it right. did it. Um, so I, I mean, I really think, I really think, especially with like bands and stuff like that, that there's a, there is a little bit of a sense of, um, like people are angry about TikTok or angry about reels because you, you always see the, the people who like, all right, we'll post a video. And it's like, my, my team is making me do this video so that you can listen to my music. I mean, the truth is it's like, yeah. this is where people are. Like, right. I, it's not, yeah. it's not the, you know what I mean? It's, we all use it. Like we all scroll through it and find our funny videos and send it to our friends. This is where people are. So it's not, yeah, we're not victims because we're using it. Like we're actually, we can, this is sick. Like we can, we can go to people at where they are and, and meet them. It, it's just a matter of like learning how to speak the language of, of right. like where they are learning how to it's do easier that. For, right. It's easier exactly for little right. kids to learn new languages. Like that still <laughs> yeah, applies. It's not fair. easy for the older people to learn th that language and there is bitterness involved. I don't sure. Know. But there is <laughs> like a callback. There's a callback to what you guys were talking about with the podcast, which is being okay with not looking 100% in the beginning yeah. so that you can yeah. learn. And right. that's, that's the thing that I think like you guys are really pivotable. Like you could can pivot really easily mm -hmm. is because you're cool with it. You, you know, you're down to like fly me out to like go, you know, hold a stick on the stage while you guys are doing this stuff because you, you're, you know, the value in that and you're okay with like taking the chance on, well, yeah. I mean, this guy can make us look ridiculous, you know? Uh, and that, I think that might be what's harder is like a big machine can't do that because they're afraid to look bad. But like, yeah. it's, it's, it's being okay with taking the failure. I, I think I was talking to you, Matt, like one of the things that really inspires me about this thing is the fact that like everything else in, I, or like everything else that I do in life, like I, I, I usually, it comes with like a lot of failure and like it accepts failure. Like I like to skateboard and like, you don't land a trick more often than you do land a trick. And that's, what's so awesome about it is like, when you do land a trick, it's awesome. Or, uh, or like any of the other things I do. So with music for some reason failure is so scary that right. uh, you know what i mean you can't fail you can't you can't you know you can't like have a bad moment or a bad song or like right now like the song that like i feel like the song that's coming out is like not connecting with my audience as much as i would like them to but i don't think it's a failure of a song i think it's just like a learning point like right there where they're at they probably it just don't it doesn't connect right there but that's okay mm -hmm. like that's it was for me and it's like once i land the trick it'll feel that much better and and yeah. I think that's the thing about these apps and like TikTok or like learning a new like language to like connect with an audience is being 
welcoming the like the loss welcoming the failure and being like that's sick that like because what and it's not like being stoked on it like it's like just okay yeah and let me let me try it this way now let me try it this way and then when you land it and you do get that like couple hundred thousand view video or a million view video then you're like oh that's awesome like i learned how to do that trick now now how can i do it more consistently because you can throw a kickflip by accident you know but like how do you do it every time i I, I think one of the things you're talking about here that is really hitting me first of all is you can't be afraid to learn fail uh, failure equals learning and Mm -hmm. which is so true and then the other thing i think that you're tapping into is authenticity we've been fighting against that for a while because music got so produced yeah, and like even when I listen to some new 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 folks' record, I'm like, what am I listening to here? It doesn't even feel at all like the band I would go see. Like, I, yeah. if I go see them live, that's the only way I'm going to see them authentically. And now I'm hearing something that is so polished and so clean, and and it feels bizarre to me. Like almost there's no dynamics to it or something. Yeah. And, and I know part of that's just me being old. But one not of the to mention those no, overproduced no, live shows. That's yeah. even worse. Like you see the produced record, and then you go see the live show. And it's it's like overproduced. Live show. That's like, what I'm oh saying. Seeing, seeing your video when Matt sent me your your video, I was like, oh, they're in a living room or just yeah, a room. It feels and, raw. And that that's how every band writes their music, and and there here they are. And even though you're playing the recorded version over it, you get some kind of authenticity of like, oh, this is where the song might have been written or how it really yeah. is, mm-hmm. and I get to be there while they're doing that. You know what I mean? Like I get, I get to be in the living room for a minute with them while they're trying to figure this thing out or, or get it exactly. together. That, that authenticity really speaks to me a lot. Exactly. No, I, I agree. And I, I mean, I don't even think, I think that's just like a times thing. I don't think it's like an age thing. Uh, a lot of bands that are coming up right now are really into just live raw gritty stuff. Like we we I think the, I think, I mean, in, in our scene specifically, I, I think, I think the over, process thing is kind of like losing like the midi drums and you know the over the fake guitars and all that stuff is like kind of waning a little bit because we're so used to hearing it that's kind of starting to sound like advertisements uh and i think i think where i think that rawness that like real room sound and um is like where where people are i know it's where my ear is coming and like i think that's that's the same thing with like content like if you go into like content sides of things it's that raw real feel like i'm in the room feeling instead of it being like highly curated which is really really fucking scary (laughs) you know what i mean it's really scary to do that because you don't want to present yourself in a negative light as opposed to like this is just where i rehearse i would have done this anyway let me just put a camera there uh and then now and then now it's a thing you know um yeah the the like video i had uh like the most views on with like a song that really mattered to me was just just in this room at night bad lighting we were practicing and i just asked someone to like record it real quick and then that's the one that did well because people connected to that moment like i think there's there's a lot of like truth in that i think there's there's a little bit of hunger for that you know the totally the, i i think toby and i were talking about like we we really enjoy um like comedians on like podcasts but like when you see specials sometimes it's like a little bit too curated yeah and i think i think music yeah. music is more pivotable that way too like we can pivot towards being a little bit like less you know leave the room mic it louder like leave the leave the bad part in so that you can feel the humanity i think i think we're just getting really i mean ai art is a thing like there's all this stuff yeah. is becoming more and more um processed so i think more human elements is getting more um desirable and yeah. I, I think that's been the secret to my like thing is like i've just been trying to like inject more humanity and the more i inject the humanity the more it's like working because i'm connecting with people and it's got the staying power because i'm being honest like these are songs that 
I'm like working through grief with. So then people connect with it because they're working through grief as well, or they're, they've suffered loss as well. And then also doing the TikTok thing. So it's like all yeah. and encompassing. I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll say this too. I, obviously, I actually, I mean, you're underselling yourself a little bit. Your band is good. And I think that's Thank part you. That's part of the special secret sauce that you have. Not only can you get them there because you have the, you're, you're meeting them where they're at, lowest barrier of entry. Like if you're scrolling TikTok and go, whoa, this band fucking is cool. Yeah. I'll check a little bit more. Oh, well, maybe I will check out. Uh, oh, they're in town. Okay. You know, I mean, you're meeting yeah. like, and that's what everybody always said they wanted to do. Man, it's the fans and us. And, you know, get rid of the big business, the big corporations and all that stuff. But one of the things I was wondering, you said you had a, a couple of, of sold-out shows or whatever. Um, is do you is your band in a scene? Like, uh, we went and saw one of my favorite bands is Bahamas. Sure. And he kind of got popular by being on playlists. He just mm -hmm. ended up on play playlists. He's obviously a great musician, but also yeah. he does some TikToks and funny videos and stuff like that. And when I went to the show, I don't think those people were part of a scene. I think they yeah, all came from right. different places. Yeah. So it was actually really refreshing because they weren't all just listening to the same stuff. This this person maybe normally listens to James Taylor, but just somehow got into a Bahamas song. Another yeah. person might have listened to heavy shit, but they're like, this Bahamas thing is kind of nice for a change. And they're the, and I was like, whoa, all these people yeah. look different. And I thought that was really cool. What are you are you seeing anything there? Like, do you think you are in the emo scene or are you kind of even maybe above that or, or in a way? Or, like, or, be or below it. Or below <laughs> that. But I mean, just like you're, you're not yeah. constrained, maybe not constrained to it as well. No, no. I Okay. Yeah. I've actually thought about this a lot. So Texas has like a really good like shoegaze uh, rock scene. Like the bands here are so good. They're so connected and so it's it's awesome um but i've never been in it and i've tried to be in it i i actually have like a show coming up that's gonna be like my ep release show and i asked several of their bands like hey do you want to be in it none of them even replied because i think i'm just like some, <laughs> oh, some tiktok guy uh so it's, it's one of it's those so things dumb. where uh dallas is weird I'll, I'll i'll start by saying like with the scene stuff like specifically like dallas where i'm at it's just weird there's i mean there's it's a money city so like there's not much necessarily like a scene of shows where you can go to every week of like this specific genre because like the independent venues are going away um but there are pockets of really sick music here that has like a scene that has like this vibrant community and i know it's here um i just hadn't been in it um i think partially because i was too old like i just had you know i was out of it um, and then partially because of the fact that I like was kind of like an internet thing. And so the people that sh are showing up are just a range of people. <laughs> um, wow. so it, it is interesting. I, I, I have seen like, you know, like guys who are like, Oh, I'm normally a country fan, but I, uh, I love your music. And I was oh, like, what awesome. the, which is so sick. And, and the people who get Very into cool. it, I did. Yeah. That's the thing that like, it, honestly, I thought when I did this thing, I was like, Okay, the people who are gonna like it are like these bands that I like really have looked up to in in the like you know Texas like harder harder music scene, and it it wasn't any of them. It was like just you know the most random, uh you know people who are like, I don't know. It was just it's just always weird because it was yeah. like I I don't really listen to this, but I remember listening to to you know, uh Manchester Orchestra a long time ago, and like you you make me feel really cool or like things along those lines. Um, yeah. So that's, awesome. that's a really cool moment. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely don't exist within a scene. I wanted to, um, but it, yeah, I think it might be a, just a transcendent people. thing is my hunch is where it, there's a good chance you could succeed and never be accepted in like a previously yeah. established thing. Yeah. You know, you just, it will be, um, it's like that trend where at first it was just, 
it's like um it's like the thing where you will have a custom a custom audience yeah that yeah, you, you don't even own. need a scene it's like you already have because what you know like if you look at emory we're partly successful because we have our own type of fan and sure. it's there's no other fans like emory fans and it's like a mix of you know outcast uh, from youth group and heavy yeah. you know it's just this own unique chemistry and then younger siblings of people that the youth leader told or whatever it is it's a unique type of person that we've kind of taken a long time to, to cultivate but it has more staying power than the ups and the downs of the genre it's yeah you know what i mean and so now you have the ability to create that out from the gate right away. So it's, I, I feel that the, and I know the algorithms are based on people, but in my view, the algorithms and machines are our friends. Mm -hmm. And it's because it used to be the industry had to do these demographic and then choose the bands that aim at the demographics and then filter them down and use the A&R, that whole big clumsy machine to appeal to mass audiences. And it got more and more niche until you had the yeah. special labels. Like, oh, there's Tooth and Nail fans. And then with Tooth and Nail fans, there's Showbread fans and Emory fans, and they're mm -hmm. different. And now these algorithms are out there, and they're probably going to identify whole new genres but they just don't like that. The, the machines are reaching out and saying, what do people want? And it's trying to come up with a language to find the right people and match them with the right audiences. So there's probably whole types of audiences and genres that the algorithm is going to help find and create. But it's weird because it used to start in physical space and then they yeah. connected online. But now right. it's probably going to happen digital first. And then in physical space, those fans are going to have to get to know each other. And you're going to have your own cult, like you or whoever succeeds from a digital first, they're going to be creating directly their own whole cultures. So that's yeah. not necessarily embedded in a, an existing scene. It maybe doesn't need to be. That's maybe not even yeah. a need in the long term. No, I totally agree. Um, I think I think it's really just I think it's about like almost like gardening, you know, where like we're just planting these seeds and then i mean how you grow and how you do that that is what's going to like make the staying power of like the the fans who like want to or the people who just like care about you and want to be there forever and like how you cultivate that um is is there i i think digital first like you 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 can create closer connections to people a little bit quicker because you can respond to the message you can respond to the to the comment and then that that helps and then sometimes it hurts because like then people are out of the way to be mean but a lot of times people are really nice and that's like awesome so then you you kind of cultivate that and you grow that and then that that creates deeper feelings uh deeper like connections with people and like you actually know these people a little bit and then they come to your shows and it feels like even more like you're creating your own scene which i totally agree with that um I think yeah, I, you you touched touched on something earlier. It was um the the bar making it easier the barrier to entry. Like, I think that's what's really cool about where we are with music right now, is that a lot of the times it's easy to feel like a victim to where music is right now. It's easy to feel like well you gotta like oh, now I have to make TikToks to like have people listen to my music. When the truth is like you don't need someone you know you don't need a label to happen to listen to your cd to to like right. want to sign you and then take advantage of you like you we're we're like we have the most power we've ever had in our entire lives and we have the most power to like go directly to people which is like as punk rock as it gets and and you get to like cultivate that those relationships with people so now you don't even need like get the label drops you so what like that's that's the cool thing is like now you're not like or if I don't get it on a Spotify playlist, like that's fine because right. like I already have these people who are going to be here as long as I cultivate that. And as long as I like give value to these people. So like, it's, it's less of, I don't know. 
I see a lot about that with people who are just starting on like the TikTok apps. It's like one of the biggest trips I've ever seen is people complain about having to do this thing. And it's like your barrier to entry just went away. Like make it as easy as possible for someone to like listen to your stuff. And then all of a sudden it's going to be easy for them. So like just the whole focus should be like go to the people instead of like the person, which is like if I could just get one person to listen to my music, then, you know, then they'll tell a label and so on and so forth versus like if I could just get 10,000 people to be into me, then I have a career for the rest of my life. You're good. Uh, and yeah, you can true. pull them from the country fans and all that. Exactly. Like you don't have to get them yeah. at who comes to local shows. You don't have to farm from there first. Yeah, but there's people that grow up in a country culture that you just have a, a resonance with the types of notes and melodies and topics and themes and they're welcome over in your world because on digital it's not hard like I can just spend time over here on this channel and then yeah. maybe once if I can fall in love with it there yeah, okay I'm going to go out to the show at yeah. some point. Right. So it, it just all has to be quality though. Like from there on, like, it's not, it, I think it's all the legs, right? Like you, you have to do the, like you have to do the video, but the music has to have the staying power to like make people want to listen to it forever. And then you have to like be a good person so that people can want to like champion you uh, and be excited for you. You you have to have like your own thing going. I think one of the things that like has really helped me and worked for me is like, there hasn't been a lot of like Chicano, like Mexican dudes in this space who are like proudly like putting it as a part of their world and a part of their thing and that's like something i've like really championed and that's that in that in that regard people who like like i have friends who now on the internet like out in la who are like low rider guys who don't even like rock music or didn't even like what you know emo or anything and they're into me because low of the fact that i'm championing guys. that thing yeah yeah like they're taking like low rider photos and like yeah. we'll like reshare my stuff low and be like the awesome. coolest yeah, and awesome. that, I think that's so sick because like that's not a niche that would have existed to some like some executive right. who that, that's like, not yeah exactly yeah, yeah and they I wouldn't have found you without your social media they could not have exactly yeah, no exactly. Like, you, you gave them something that's what I'm saying everybody is this phone is attached to your hand constantly and everybody's swiping something everybody even if they talk shit about social media all day it is a part of our life and culture now and so to get you really are giving somebody something whether that be emotion or a good sound a good great song or a yeah. fun fun video i feel like you're you're giving more to the audience immediately to get them there and that that's what i think i i see what was it a few years ago they were talking about uh the spotify head guy or whatever said that older bands probably need to start creating more music regularly yeah. as opposed to waiting a few years before they, and, and it, you know, there was a yeah. big hubbub about it. They were like, no, I'm not going to do this. I, I got in a way saying I've always done it this way. And this is the right, right way to do it. Yeah. And you're like, well, yeah. no, but times change. I mean, everything changed. Things that only used to be recorded to tape and then they got digital and now we're, we're experiencing this, this thing. And so if you're not willing to change, I actually think it's, it should be offensive to your fans that you wouldn't want to change in some way. Not, I'm not necessarily talking about sound, uh, or your band dynamic, but I do think you have to be open to trying different things or else you, wow, you're not giving your fans where you're not, like we said earlier, meeting them where they're at at all. Yeah. And I how, mean, and, how yeah. could they find you? We're, we're not, and as fans, we're not like, we're not done. We, you, if you tell us this is just a demo and like it's a good demo, I mean, I, I'll still listen to it and I'll still right. enjoy it. And that's like something for me to consume and keep you at the top right. of my mind. Versus, I don't know, you're right though, like this, the, the hubbub about like, well, you know, I'm an artist and it's going to take me two years to write this record. It's like, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense and that's fair, but you're also an entertainer and it's like, there's nothing to entertain people with and they're going to go somewhere else because all music exists. 
without you right you know right so like if it's not you then somewhere else so like just because we're like artists and just because like we're artists doesn't mean we're entitled to a career so like if we want a career like we got to be entertainers like that but there's a legacy gap there where it's like if you're the most legacy band if you're a 70s classic rock band you know you're not going to make the transition but you're also nobody can replace that value that it no. has in a catalog IP exactly. sense. So there's like a gulf now that's been created from the old school thing. But any indie bands from the 2000s on, you know, like we're super lucky. We're super lucky because you couldn't make it the way we did today, but we're going to get to stick around because of yeah. back then. But yeah. at the same time, we're just on the bubble. So we're going to also have to hustle and adapt. If you're some big band from the, you know, 80s, hair metal band like you don't have to adapt you're just going to retain your legacy value yeah you don't have to do anything and still going to be all about the that that whatever dr feelgood record that you made fine yeah but you know i mean it's interesting though i think we got to wrap up here in just a minute but i was going to say real quick in regards to that is like like matt said when you we're so used to doing this one thing a certain way like you had you had to somehow get these people in this city to come to your show to see you play. And then you hope that they like that show. And then you just got to keep going back, keep pounding it in their face. Like, like, Oh, Emery's coming back. Emery's coming back or buy the CD from Best Buy or whatever it is. And, and you just keep pounding the pavement. That was what we did. That's just what you did. And so now the pavement is the internet. I mean, that's just what the pavement is. And so now, like in our day, it was, you know, it was word of mouth, you know, it was word of mouth. You hope that Mm -hmm. their friends tell their friends that, oh man, you got to hear this band. And now if you're on TikTok or something, like you were saying about the lowrider guys, you know, like there's some reason that one of those guys saw your video. Yeah. There was something about something he liked that connected to you that he would have never thought about. Yeah. Before he wouldn't probably yeah, have he never gone to your show. He would have made show. that connection. Yeah. He would have never gone to your show. He would have never found right. that without TikTok. Exactly. And so that using think of me thinking of it as a new form of word of mouth or communication or like right. the algorithm is the word of a mouth. Flyer you know that you've stapled to a, a telephone yeah. pole. It's, it's really yeah. the same thing. Right. And, and utilizing that and that and that in the way that we used to think about, like, like, like I said, when we were dinosaurs and we did a certain way, but now opening up ourselves to like this way of not being afraid, like you said, to look dumb, to look old, to look yeah. out of date, but understanding where our audience is now, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's both like it, that still exists too. Like people send me music all the time or I send people music all the time. Like, have you heard this? So word of mouth still yeah. exists. Uh, I think it's not, it's just being lean. It's being, being okay with like, I don't know, not being, not having to commit to the entire record and like, we're going to change our sound and committing to the entire record. Right. Like you can, you can do like two songs and see if people are engaging with it instead of like taking the L and then be like, man, no, they hate me now. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's not so huge. It could be like, it could be smaller and leaner. Um, I think, I think like if I, it, it's one of the things that has worked for me and one of the things I, I really like is like just that ability to be lean and that ability to, to like try things and okay, does this work? Like I tried the podcast. It didn't work. Okay. How I tried this. Let me, okay, this is working. And then we keep hitting that, bringing that bill until it doesn't. And then, then I'm going to switch to something else. And like just being lean, being excited and like recognizing the fact that you want to make it as easy as possible 
for someone who wants to get into your stuff because people want to get into new music so like make it as easy yeah. as possible for them to get into your music like make 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 the beat meet them where they are like just just everything as easy as possible for them and then uh and then on top of that like just like cultivate that and recognize the fact that like if someone's listening to your song they're not listening to all other music, which is like a huge thing. Like yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. So like recognizing that and like being 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 excited about that and like cultivating that even more so is it's it's more relational with these people and I, and and then that kind of grows from there. And that's kind of been my philosophy is just like authenticity all the way around, but also yeah. just being okay with. Well, I, I'm authentic, but I'm going to try this out. And if this doesn't work, that's okay. I'm going to pivot. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to yeah. die on the hill of, of artistry. Like I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to like, I don't know. I think artistry is the human element. Like that's what the, the story you have to tell. And then everything else from that can like, can revolve and be modular. Yeah, yeah. totally. Well, tell everybody where they can find you at. Where, what, what is the, your, Tell them where they find uh, your band, your TikToks, social, where do you want yeah. to say? Uh, I like Slow Joy uh, or Slow Joy. Just go to Spotify or any of the uh, streaming platforms. It's Slow Joy. Um, if you I, could I, have I a Spotify even... or a TikTok follower, you would take a Spotify follower though, right? No, I would actually take, wow. I would take, Crazy. yeah, no, I would take someone on like TikTok or Instagram um, because you can connect with them versus like just yeah. a non-active listener. Mm -hmm. uh, well, so, but like from there you can go everywhere else. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think I would, I I think Spotify is a listener and I think someone who likes following you on the social media becomes more of a fan and gets to like be connected. Yeah. I think you're that right. Makes sense. Well, yeah. I appreciate the algorithm introducing us. That's what I'm saying. The algorithms are our yeah. friends. They're doing a good job of letting me go. Oh, Southwest emo. I get, Oh, Oh, that guy's cool. And then, you yeah, know, yeah. and allow me to follow you and it allows you to DM me. And then there you go. So I really never enjoyed what i never sent a quicker message dude <laughs> like I, I was just i was just i was just scanning and i saw i was like oh that that hit me and i said yeah follow followed back Please. messaged instantly <laughs> <laughs> and then like check my dms like every three seconds i was like please reply please reply please reply. How, i said how does this thing have hundreds of thousands i mean it's good but hundreds of thousands and yeah. i've not, never even heard of this band and the, all the bands mm. i know don't get this many views what is this but and then by the second i'm having that mental process and i get a dm from the guy yeah. saying, hey i know who you are you know whatever that's cool it was so awesome. fast I was I like yeah I wait I I didn't do any of the rules where you're supposed to wait or whatever I was like no I'm just gonna <laughs> just gonna go for it that's awesome well we enjoyed hanging yeah. out um, yeah, and you know being out here this weekend and everything last weekend with us and everything so we really appreciate great. it and glad to you know just it's cool to be able to connect with people all over the place I've shared perspectives and values and sound resonance of things they think sound good it's cool for sure yeah thanks for having me on i hope i didn't get too in the weeds for everybody but no this was, I love great. It. It was, it was very great. educational honestly and fun so thanks trying my best awesome thanks for All having right. me sweet man yep right See on talk to you soon um we could put the cta at the beginning too if yeah we, we 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 can do the names right yeah. now and go to part two and then we'll put a intro to that conversation on that's like Okay. You know what I'm saying? Cool. So we'll split. Yeah, can so you read the names? I have to pee real. Yeah, I don't have them though. Where are they? Oh, uh, she said them, CTA. But, but nice I don't see them. You... It's in the. <clears throat> it's in the uh... Chris. You'll have to cut this and make it. Yeah, we'll better. we'll do it a, a two part here and split it. It'll be perfect. And then we'll do. It's in there. Katie Crew. It's the last Today? thing she texted. Yeah. Oh, okay. Today at five. Oh, I see it. I missed that. Okay.
All right, you ready? I'll I'll bring us back. Um, you're All right, even though Esteban has to leave, one of the last things you get as a perk for Emeryland is your name read on this podcast. And this mm-hmm. one's interesting because uh, the folks here, I guess they you know know that I'm single now. I do have a girlfriend now, but um, they know I'm single, and they were putting in their uh, favorite pickup lines. So these are some pickup lines you could use on a on a single uh, person. You know what I'm saying? So that I thought that was really nice. It's kind of kind of th- the thing like here's some pickup lines to use. So if you can read the names, Matt, I'll I'll tell okay. you what their uh, pickup. What line is was. the favorite pickup line of Emeryland member Daniel Irwin? What does no, he nope, you guys, use? Nope, I te- I texted. Nope, you got to start. No, nope, sorry. Nope, sorry. sorry, start at the bottom. Sorry. Well, if there was an Emeryland member named Lindy Hoyt, what would be her favorite pickup line? She wrote, "Is your name Earl Gray? Because you look like a hottie." A hot tea. Okay, nice. Lindy. Really sweet. Really sweet. I think all these are going to be pretty sweet. I think it's starting really good. Great. Well, if you are an Emeryland member who thought it was awesome to support Emory and fund their creative endeavors and get part two, and your name was Daniel Pompa, what's the pickup line for you? Would you like to try an Australian kiss? It is just like a French kiss, but down under. Oh, getting a little risky there. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Risky. I you like know, that. Taking a chance. Still, you know, okay. more lighthearted. This is kind of nice. All right. All right. I'm getting nervous, but Brady Cates, thank you for supporting yeah. the things that we do. It means a lot. And uh, what's the pick I think line? I think Brady's is pretty sweet, too. Let me get to it. Oh, here it is. I think this is his. Do you like to draw because I put the D in raw? Oh, oh no. Gosh. <laughs> oh, God, Brady. This is. Come on, Brady. Going... Okay, let's get to another one. There's got to be this a, is a next family one. show. Right. I'm, this I'm is certain the next show. one is sweet. I'm certain the next one is sweet and nice. Well, I'm nervous, but. Evan McKee, again, thank you. Evan, it means a lot. Okay, Such a good it? dude. Good person. He said, he said, your smile is almost as big, warm, and lovely as my penis. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Evan. Evan. Why do you like that one, dude? Wow. Wow. Well, hopefully our last one is not so vulgar. Yeah, I think it's going to be good. I have a. Uh, we're going to clean it all up here at the end. Who's that, Matt? Daniel Irwin. Oh, Daniel Irwin. He says, are you the lottery lady on TV? Because I'm seeing you vividly holding up my balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we got, prog- we had one nice one in there. Whoa. Wow. Thank you, wow. Lindy. Yeah. Thanks, Lindy. Thank you, Lindy. For for, man. The, the, so six yeah. bucks of our Emory fans besides Lindy. It, it was great bucks. at the show, seeing all the Emoryland members at the pre-show yes, event. So awesome, thank yeah. you guys all for being there, making that experience happen. We're going to do more of those this year. So join Emoryland right now. You've been meaning to. Now's a good time to do it. It's just a very little bit of money. It's like it's like not much very at all. Money. It's just like a, it's like very tipping a dollar or two from listening to an hour long podcast. Yeah. That's something like that. And you yeah, get a whole yeah. other hour that we're about to do called Part Do. That's right. So, um, join Emory Land. I mean, That's... we we're working right now, literally right now, as we speak, on which cities we are going to go yep. and play in shallow seas we sail. Mm-hmm. And a pre-show of All Broken Hearts Prevail. We yes. are f- picking those cities now. And if you yeah. live near those, you can get there for free if you, you join. See, 
while Broken Hearts Prevail EP, and that's the only time we have ever played it and will ever play it is going to be a city near you. It, just join Emberland. You'll get in. And we do You'll it in, in this little, like, round thing, which made yeah. Toby very nervous. It made me extremely nervous. I was freaking we're, out. We're all sitting in a little circle, and everybody's surrounding us. It was awesome. Yeah, so it'll be really good. All right, we'll see you all out there. Join Dude. Emberland.